Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is someone that I've wanted on this podcast for almost two years. It came about when I first interviewed Zach from the incredible Half Noise and Paramore and I've wanted to get Joey on then. So I'm thrilled to announce that today I'm joined by the incredibly talented and the absolutely unbelievable human being, Joey Howard. Joey is someone that I have so much respect for. I was lucky enough to see him tour with Paramore on their After Laughter tour, and I couldn't believe just how well he fitted with the band. And since then, he's gone on to be co-writing with Hayley Williams on her amazing debut album and her follow-up. He's just an amazing person and someone that I can't believe is now here today on the Mark and Me podcast. And it's a dream guest for me, and I've saved my favourite interview this year for now. So I can't wait to share that with you in just a couple of moments' time. But before I get to that, I want to touch base and talk about my last episode. It was my most downloaded episode of all time. It had the most single downloads ever in one day. It was with the incredible Brandon Boyd from Incubus. One of my most open and honest interviews I've ever done. I couldn't be more proud and more thankful for the amount of downloads I got and the love that I got. I got so many new followers and just want to thank everyone for jumping on board and joining and hopefully you've stuck around for today's episode too. Joey is one of my favourite people. I've kept in contact since we've done the interview and honestly he's someone now that I'm proud to call a friend. He's an incredible human, he's beautiful and I love absolutely everything about him. So I think the best thing to do now is to get straight to it. So here's me and Joey talking all things music. So Joey, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Long time coming. It is. So Joey, for those people that are tuning in today and discovering your work or your projects you've been involved in, I want to take it right back to the very start and talk to me about when you were growing up. What were those first albums that you remember buying with your pocket money that you loved and you listened to from start to finish again Mm -hmm. and again? Well, it's funny. I just was actually kind of taking the trip down memory lane uh, a couple of weeks ago and because I couldn't really remember. I was like, where did I, where, like, where did I get this spark from, you know, for playing bass specifically? And um, I remembered it was 1999. I think it was probably the, I'm pretty sure it was the first album I ever purchased. It was a band called Five Iron Frenzy, ska band, um, Christian ska band specifically, which is something I was allowed to listen to at the time and it was their live album and i just like was hooked hearing them live hearing the crowd interact with the band it was just like it blew my mind and the music is so fun and uh you know danceable and i was 10 years old so it was like perfect for me so that's like number one um that I can remember like sitting down and learning those bass lines and stuff or taking them to my teacher and him kind of di- uh, dissecting them for me. Yeah. That's amazing. So that you was chose big. the bass as well because some people, mm. a lot of my friends and I was in a band when I was growing up, I got guitar, played it. And then there's always someone who was like, Oh, we need a bass player. Like well, one of the guitarists, mm. like, will you just play the bass instead? And it's amazing exactly. that you knew you wanted to play bass from the start. 
Well, it's funny you say that because that is kind of what happened. My <laughs> older brother <laughs> uh, was playing guitar and was starting a band and they needed a bass player and I'm four years younger than he was. So it was uh, cool of him to like kind of invite me in, you know, uh, I was like literally 10, 11 years old and um, joining my brother and his high school buddies and uh yeah, I was just like, sure, this is cool. But I immediately connected with it. Yeah. Like once I discovered what like the bass was and what the bass line did in a song, I was like, oh, cool. This is great. I'm already here. <laughs> this is what I want to be doing. So, yeah. And can you remember those other albums that then you built upon? Because obviously that laid the foundations for you. Mm-hmm. But then when you're getting older, you become obsessed with music. I'm sure all your pocket money or all the money you earned was going on music. And you're like listening yeah. to those CDs from start to finish getting out the covers sure. and reading through them and oh, actually the best. I missed all that you know streaming is yeah. amazing but music is so disposable now like you yeah. can't that smell of the cd inlay and everything and just oh. reading those lyrics or those early albums yeah like, the annoying like label you had to peel off oh, the top of the ages. cd <laughs> I miss all of that I do like that they're now including like song credits and stuff yes. on Spotify and um, I'm sure the other platforms too but um the then i would say like once i started discovering my own loves in music probably around 14 15 yeah i was really into like under oath and taking back sunday and nice. coheed and cambria I, I definitely had like a a heavy phase for sure and then that's kind of like the the band that i started in high school was very much modeled after that um but all along, I was always playing in church. Um, so a lot of gospel music, uh, worship kind of music was always like uh, in the background, musically speaking. You know, I had like a gig there every week. That's kind of where I like learned how to play like with other musicians. So I mean, bands I would, like yes. um, Coed and Cambria, I mean, they... yeah. The, the technicality behind those songs you don't realize until you start trying to play what they're playing on the guitar and the bass oh, yeah. is insane the time signatures and the way that yeah. those songs are put together people don't understand i see that people go and see them live they're like yeah they're pretty good i'm like no they're up there with like tool you know if you look at oh, what yeah. they're actually doing it's so mind-blowing yeah i loved his voice too yeah. i'm so taken and the whole um like story of it all you know it's just like um yeah really there's like, really there's like a concept cool. behind everything they do isn't exactly it? they don't, they don't just do a song say, yeah. yeah it's insane it's it's like the whole album is like a comic book it's, kind it's of, amazing yeah it's insane um yeah so that stuff was all like kind of opening me up you know it's like dang what is this so what about live music obviously you said you're playing each week oh. a gig at a church but do you remember those first oh. gigs you went to where you actually got that adrenaline and that feeling of when those bass guitars are playing through the cabs and you can feel it on your bass, on the chest, and you're like, mm. oh, my God, you know, this is the hairs on your neck are sticking up. What were those first gigs you went to that made you go, I need to do this? I want to do this. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a great question. The first one that comes to mind is this. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and there's a festival there. I'm not sure it exists anymore, but it was called uh, Purple Door. Right. And it was kind of like that, like tooth and nail, solid state scene does that yeah ring rings, a bell yeah with you? definitely yeah um so it was like a lot of those kinds of bands and i remember uh 
bless my dad. <laughs> he was always like uh, lugging around big amps and stuff for us, taking us to shows he probably didn't want to be at. Um, but I think I was about 12 when I went to Purple Door and I saw Five Iron Frenzy and the Supertones. You know, it was like that, that was the, the time. That, those were the bands that were pretty big. And yeah, I just was so so taken so into it i was like that's it i'm doing this you know i remember thinking like what would it be like to have my bass that loud yeah <laughs> you know i was like so uh, i couldn't really wrap my head around it, it yeah so, so cool. is it at this point when you're thinking to yourself i can't imagine doing anything else i don't want to go and do a normal office job i don't want to go and mm-hmm. work in a shop i want to play music for a living is that the kind of point in your career when you knew that was the time um well i think like the seed was planted yeah i don't know if i knew it that it was like actually feasible you know i was pretty young and i didn't really realize what it took but i think i was kind of living my life that way like music is the thing but it wasn't necessarily i never like thought about like money or what it really meant to be on that big stage, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, of course, definitely. Because it's, it's yeah. kind of a dream at that stage, isn't it? Because the yeah. reality is not there. You're not seeing money coming in. You can't really turn around to your parents and say, Mom, Dad, I'm going to be in a band. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm going to do. Because they're like, come on, son, you kind of need to do a real job. And then if you uh-huh. doesn't work out in the band, at least you've got something to fall back on. Yeah, totally. I was pretty... I'm, I'm very lucky in that aspect, actually. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I have two older siblings and we were all homeschooled and very much like, um, taught to just kind of like find what you want to do, what makes you happy. It doesn't have to be traditional in any way. So they were really supportive actually. And my brother, when he was 19, uh, he moved to California to join this rock band, um, which is pretty wild. Like, I think he sent them like a VHS to try out. Like, you it's know, making me feel like, old now. I know, I know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, and so, basically, when I was sixteen, they were they saw like the yearning that I had to go on tour. So they let me go on tour and like homeschool my senior year. Um, yeah, so I, I felt like very supported in what That's I wanted incredible. to do. You know, I was um, teching and doing like tour managing and stuff for years and years and years, um, really until uh, Paramore came yeah. up, which we can get to, obviously. So obviously you're doing that, you're on the scene, you're seeing how things work, especially teching, you get to be on the stage, you see how it all comes together. Not many people realise when they go to a gig just how much work's involved and obviously setting up all the equipment, doing the sound checks, making sure the mic levels are right. It's a lot of work, but I suppose that gave you a really good appreciation into when it got to the point where you could, could go on the big stage, how much work is involved, but also the respect that you should have for everyone that's around the band. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I mean, I would say towards the end, it was getting a little more difficult because I just wanted to be playing yeah. the last couple of years I was teching, but yeah, to really know every aspect of it to have kind of worked in merch and sound and lighting and tour managing like, yeah, I, I definitely know 
you know, how to, I think, um, just like respect everybody's time, hopefully. Um, and it's such a team. It's not, um, you know, there's no hierarchy at all. Everybody's job is just as important. But That's good. I'm thankful for like the guitar teching stuff too, because I can like set up my own bases and yeah. fix stuff and fix friends gear. And um, yeah, it's cool. Definitely not time wasted, but uh, I'm very thankful to be playing music now that's what really like gets me going you know <laughs> and, the, and obviously the wait must have been worth it because we just mentioned then in 2015 when jeremy left um paramore next mm-hmm. year at the parahoy um you were introduced on stage and with a new basis for the band and yeah i can't imagine what was going through your head because the pressure <laughs> that must be going on because it's paramore do you know what i mean it's yeah. it's one of the biggest bands of our generation and there's been a few lineup changes, but you've got big shoes to fill. Yeah, and I don't, for sure. What, how was the feeling like? Were you feeling sick, anxious? Were you? Oh my god! <laughs> it's a while ago now, but you... you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's still fresh. <laughs> no, it was it was mind blowing. I'll uh, kind of run you through like the process a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's all right. Definitely. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, I was living in New York at the time. I was guitar teching for paramore since the end of 2009 yeah i started with them so i've been around we've always kind of been friends before that and um so i got a call when jeremy left to like try out basically yeah it was a proper tryout. i can't remember if they called me or if i called them <laughs> you know like i might have prompted it like hey can i can i take a shot so uh, i had to do uh, a few videos trying out um there's a song uh that they have called ain't it fun um and there's a big like slap bass part at the end of it and basically i wasn't sure if i could do it they weren't sure like uh everybody knew i played but i hadn't really been playing out very much it was mostly just like for myself like writing and playing in my room um so it was like all right, here we go. Like, can I do this? I had to learn how to slap for that. And um, basically it was, it was a rough process. I was very nervous. Yeah. And, you know, I think I did the, the ain't it fun video. I think I must've done 50 takes. I don't know <laughs> if they know that they do now <laughs> too late. I got it, I guess, but <laughs> it took me forever just to, to calm my nerves, you know, cause I would play the whole song and then get to the end where the slap part is. And then I would just mess it up uh, and just overthink it. And that whole process was really good for me to, um, yeah, to learn not to overthink it and kind of just like when the adrenaline hits, how to push through that and stay in the pocket. That's yeah. another thing as a bass player. Cause you want to speed everything up a little bit live when that adrenaline's kicking in but um yeah so that was the first step and then once i passed the video audition uh parahoy was actually my last like tryout so not until the end of that cruise did i actually know that i was going to step in as the touring member wow Uh, um so i had to learn 40 songs for that Uh. whole process because we played two different uh sets yeah the whole cruise crazy yeah so it was a lot it was a lot i remember 
you know and then there was the element of like i was just guitar teching for this band and now i'm playing bass and now my friend riley who taught me everything i know about guitar teching is teching for me you know it was like this weird dynamic shift i mean everybody's amazing about it there was no weirdness but it was just like a lot a lot in my head a lot to to take in all at once, you know, and then you're playing on a boat <laughs> that's literally rocking. <laughs> it was, uh, it was nuts, man. It was really intense, but um, it paid off. You know, how does it feel going onto that stage with the rest of the band? Because everyone already knows the rest of the band. They know the songs. They're right. one over. The moment Haley picks up the microphone, the crowd are in the palm of her hand. So there yeah. you are. You've got the bass. People are going to be like, "Hang on." That's a new face. Who's that? You know, there's not this like big totally. marketing thing, but how how does it feel to kind of go with the flow and just kind of try mm. and not look like you're going to be sick in every song <laughs> because you're nervous <laughs> that you got to get through forty songs and everyone's yeah. there for you. It's not you know, it's not like you're a support band. You're everyone's got on that cruise to see you guys play. Right, a lot of pressure. I mean, let's be real like not that many people were looking at me. (laughs) Everybody's definitely like all uh, enthralled with Haley. Obviously she's an amazing pro woman. So I kind of felt like, you know, safe to just be in my own zone. And it was definitely like out of body. Um, A lot of that show was just like, is this really happening? Like I'm playing these songs. I don't know. It's just, uh, couldn't really wrap my head around it, you know? And I'm sure I messed up. I don't remember a thing about those shows. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I think I probably just blocked them out intentionally. I saw but, you uh, um, about four years ago. I was lucky enough to go to New York with my dad and you were playing really uh, early in the morning. I'm talking like nine o'clock in the morning because it was on some American TV show. So you played oh, in, in the park. Good, it was Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah it was, it was yeah. awesome. And that was the first oh, time I'd seen... Oh, you were there? Seen, yeah, cool. it was awesome. And I remember going out and um, you had to be there really early. I got up at like 6 a.m., went to Central Park and you guys killed it. And I, I, that's the first time I saw you with the band and I thought, it's weird, but it was like you'd always been there. You just seemed oh, comfortable. Man. Do you know what I mean? I, I watched the band and... Obviously, you're friends with Haley and you're friends with Zach and you know them and you've been on tour with them, but not everyone knows that. So they don't know that you were the mm. guitar tech and this, but you just like, you had this, you were like a unit, you were this family and the way you played and the way you interact with the rest of the band, you just looked like you've been there, happy, comfortable doing it for years. And that was only a year in. That's only a year of you've been yeah. in the band. Mm. Man, that's so nice. Thank you. I've I've never heard that before. It's like, so kind and give me some chills it's it's true though it's absolutely true and you deserve that respect because it's 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 not easy to go into an established band you see bands like metallica that have a change and all they Mm -hmm. talk about is the change of a different bass player or if there's a vocal change that's insane but it's not easy but you've done the transition so well that now you can't remember what it used to be like you know if unfortunately because Mm -hmm. of covid we haven't been able to see paramore Haley tour over here but you just right. seem like you've always been there now and it's only been sort of five years, but it must be, I bet mm. those nerves aren't there as much now. I bet you feel like you're part of the family. I mean, definitely more so. Yeah. I mean, of course we're all very close, very family, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it just, uh, 
it kind of still like blows my mind sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this is, this is real. Um, but man, I really appreciate that. And uh, I had some big shoes to fill and, you know, Jeremy's an incredible bass player. JMJ played on after laughter. So coming into that was really intimidating. And I just, to ensure that it was seamless, I just spent, six to eight hours every single day practicing like not just paramore but just like learning my chops learning my own voice i guess as a bass player so um you know i had some really great songs to play too especially the newer stuff is like really showcasing of the bass it is so i'm thankful for that yeah after laughter is like it's the album where those punchy bass lines are really high in the mix and it's really mm-hmm. funky. And if you think of the songs on that album, it's it's one of the main drivers. And it, yeah. it I, you know, to learn those and play them and make them your own, it must be amazing because it's not just your root notes on the top string and you're just playing what's yeah. needed for the bass sort of emo-y stuff. You're really technically, as a whole band, challenging yourselves and you can hear it with Zach's drumming you can hear it with the guitar it's a lot funkier it's more sort of Jean Vachante style guitar in at times Haley's trying new stuff and it's it's amazing to see how you've evolved mm. yeah I mean it it's uh just like truly an honor to get to play that you know because like you said it could just be like root note like yeah. just more supportive but those bass lines are so melodic such a heavy part of those songs so i kind of like it just like is really cool that i get to play those you know i bet it doesn't seem real sometimes i bet it feels like oh my god am i really doing this today yeah yeah and then to uh yeah over time it's kind of like i get to start to have my own like version of these songs like my own voice within them so that's fun and you know that just naturally happens with us playing live and I mean, Zach is one of my favorite drummers in the yeah, world. He's, he's incredible. I think my number one, he's just like playing with him is, it's effortless. We just like lock with each other. And yeah, there's a lot of like eye contact communication that's nice. And it's just like, yeah, it feels like home, you know. But, but it's not forced, is it? You know, some people just mm-hmm. like, you can tell that they're doing it and just getting through the set to get paid to then go off. Right. And, do the next gig and tick it off the list. But I saw you guys in Birmingham at the Half Noise show and yeah. you and Zach, you know, it's the rhythm section. It's crucial to those tracks. And mm. again, in the in the mix of the songs, it's the main route for me, the bass. But most of the Half Noise stuff is really bass driven. And mm-hmm. the way you two play, it's like that chemistry you can't find often i think you you're very fortunate that you've got that with each other and you've got it with paramore but you've also got it with half noise and that's something that mm. takes time and trust but you you've got it haven't you you're just yeah. locked in i see the way you look at each mm. other i see the way that you can go off and do what you want to do and you're you're always on the same page and that that's that isn't luck that's that's something that's magical i think mm. that's so cool that you see that i definitely feel that with with zach and I think part of it is maybe just knowing each other so long. Um, yeah. Uh, it's been a while now. It's probably it's definitely over 10 years. And uh, having like some musical interests shared like at more fundamental 
uh, like growth times in our lives, like our early twenties probably helps. Like we connected on a lot of the same music and, um, but yeah, I think it just comes down to his, uh, he's so musical in his playing. Like it's not just rhythm. It's like no. everything he plays has a note, if, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to support that. And uh, I don't know, we have a good like push and pull, kind of let each other go do Phil. I'll do one here. It just like feels very natural. Yeah, that's yeah. the word natural, isn't it? Very it really thankful is. for that. Yeah. And then obviously over the last couple of years, Haley somehow kept away from the whole world and recorded two solo albums <laughs> where I had no idea, no one knew, and then it suddenly came out. And before you knew it, the second album was out, but this gave you a chance to yeah. obviously perform, but also be involved in some of the writing. So you're not just you know brought into them play. And I feel yeah. like you had such a crucial part in this and to work with someone who's one of your best friends and produce I still say to the day at the moment, the last Haley solo record for me is probably my favorite album of the last five years. I think it's, I think it's mm -hmm. a masterpiece, and to be involved in the writing and everything, it must be an absolute honor. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, still, honestly, like can't believe it. I mean, it's a bummer we didn't get to tour it or anything, but I mean, the whole process and the um reveal everything was just so exciting i mean uh i worked on pedals for armor with Haley, yeah. and um that kind of just began like in my bedroom honestly like it was post after laughter tour like we were off cycle and um kind of a little both a little sad and going through just some personal stuff in our separate lives and we just um you know we're just hanging out with each other and I had a few like base ideas and my amps just like sitting there in my room and it just happened like really organically it's like um do you like this do you want to write something over it and of course like not expecting her to like anything because it was very like it was leave it alone was the first song yeah. that I showed her that baseline and it's kind of dark and I don't know, um, she loved it. So we just kind of like had fun with it and just kept going. We never really discussed it being anything until maybe like four songs in or something like that. Um, but isn't that so, nice because you've kind of not got the record label pressure. You've not yeah. set these big record executives who are going to be like Haley, have you got an update right what's going on how many songs right. have you got this doesn't sound radio friendly enough you guys could kind of hide away in your little sort of safe place yeah our sad zone <laughs> it's true though but it's true and yeah, you could you could absolutely. be there for each other you were companions you were friends you were family and you're creating something with no pressure so when you said the word yeah. organic you know it doesn't get much more organic than that and when it is Haley williams and it is paramore and there's pressure I'm glad she didn't announce that she's going to do a solo album because all you'd have got is, well, it's not Renly, it's not, it doesn't sound like Paramore, and it's not heavy enough. Right. You shouldn't, you should right. be screaming. Why aren't you screaming? You did what you wanted. Yeah, we're not pop enough. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. And you did what you wanted, and that album, it shows, and I like the rawness. I love the bits where you can hear just Haley singing on an acoustic, a bit further mm. away from the mic, so it sounds ambient, and yeah. then you're doing what you want, and how how refreshing <clears throat> is that when you can do that? Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, like, 
that's kind of what it felt like for me, like the whole time. Cause I, I have never written with Paramore. Like I've never had that pressure, you know, like I, so for me, it felt, it was like um, kind of a trip once like there was talk of like label and stuff. It kind of yeah. like messed with me. Cause then I started kind of overthinking some things or thinking about the wrong things, you know? Um, and overall just kind of, was like, what are people going to think of it? You know, <laughs> where before that was mentioned in conversation, like um, I was just doing it very like just for expression. Yeah. You know, when it became more than just four songs and you're sitting there and you're writing melodies with Haley and she's trying her guitar ideas and stuff. At what mm -hmm. point did you go from this is just us being sad, a bit depressed, trying to help each other to let's try and make this an album. Let's try and not mm. just have a few ideas and demos as friends. When can you remember that point where it was like, do you know what? I think there's something in this. I think we could actually try yeah. and get an album's worth out of this. I think like, um, maybe after the second song, I had that thought. I was like, I don't know what this is, but like, we're still writing and they're really good songs. And like, uh, you know, but I, I didn't want to like pressure her or I didn't really care necessarily. But I'm, of course, in the back of my mind, I was like, what's this going to be? <laughs> um, and then I think I want to say after she wrote Why We Ever, um, I think that's when she was like, maybe when the demos started coming together, then she and I went and had lunch. Um, and she was like, I think I want to do this and I think I want it to be a solo project um but she wasn't really telling anybody like I think yeah only a couple people knew at that point and so we just didn't know like it all just really unraveled just with the songs you know it was so cool and I think even the way it was released is um pretty like chronologically kind of how we wrote them and I, I didn't write all of them uh, no I had a part in about eight of them, I think. And it was just such a fun process, man. I think about it all the time. But it's beautiful, isn't it? Because I feel that you probably needed to be in Paramore and grow mm. with Haley and grow with Zach and feel incorporated, not in the sound mix, not in the setting up of the guitar cabs and the tech. You needed to be part of the family to then grow as a person experience stuff mm. together that then led to you and Haley being comfortable enough to actually say right we've got enough faith and trust in each other to be around each other at our worst yeah. times and that's not easy you know yeah. confessing to someone and taking your mask off and saying look i'm fucking suffering right now i really am struggling yeah. and that's not easy but to trust and then try and use the music to help each other to then lead to my God, a whole album's worth of material. You say you didn't write everything, but you're a big part of it. That leaves a legacy. You forget that it's hard because I'm talking to you about it. I'm not talking to someone about Joey, but you've been part of something that people will listen to, like we listen to Fleetwood Mac, like we listen to The Beatles. There's 30, 40 years' time. People are going to listen to these solo albums and think, my God, you know, it's left it's left something for people that they can cherish or they mm. can use to relate to and that that's really powerful stuff i i could never relate because it's not me that's done it but it must Man, be i don't feel like you know, i can relate either <laughs> it's too much probably to you know? try and digest yeah i'm like wait what i mean you just give me chills that's uh that's really really 
But it's really true, isn't it? It really is true. Like, people listen to that album. Like, when I read people tweeting and putting on Instagram and stuff, mm. everyone takes something from Hayley's music. You know, if they've gone through a breakup, if they've gone through abuse, if they've gone through heartache mm. or whatever, they use that music and that lyrics and it helps them. And you've been involved in oh, that. Yeah. You know, you, you've yeah. got people through their worst times and you were in a bad place yourself, which mm. is it's quite hard to get your head around, but you had to go in the place that they are now to make what you produced. Mm. It's totally. Crazy. I didn't it's... know that at the time. No. You know, that's why it's like, it still feels so, so much a part of me that uh, not the sadness necessarily, no. but the, the, that music and that process um, that it's just, I don't know. It's hard to have that perspective on it, but I'm so, it's so cool. Cause I don't necessarily, I don't know. I think it's just my insecurity and my own self-doubt that I'm like, people don't like that. It's a piece of shit. Like, why would they? <laughs> yeah. Just, check, just check the like... amount of times it's been sold and then you know people like it and how many downloads yeah, it had. So. You just go onto maybe Spotify should, and you're like... Maybe I should do that. <laughs> three and a half million plays of yeah, Over Those Hills. So you know, cool. it's like you... I mean, yeah, her lyrics and melodies. I mean, it's, it's such an honor to been a part of that with her yeah and to have been given the freedom to really express myself through my bass which yeah. is like where I feel the most comfortable and um most fluent you know so um to really just be able to like in the moment tracking like having Taylor and Haley just like yell encouragement at me just like go for it come on try it you know it's amazing <laughs> it was like so special and that's how it is with them it's just like i love it i love the fact that you got to do what you wanted and you weren't yeah told or put in a certain direction or shaped into a certain product you did what you wanted and it excites yeah. me because that's your first introduction to properly writing with Haley. you know you didn't get to do it yeah. with the paramore and you know i i I'm not looking for any insight, but obviously Paramore are now at the stage, I'm sure, of looking towards the future and their next album. There's been slight talks, but you're going to be incorporated in that. You know, you're going to be going out there playing those songs. You're going to be touring again in the near future when the world goes back to normal. And that must be amazing because you've done so much in such a short space of time. Mm, yeah, it's like the coolest thing to have to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so incredibly lucky you know and fortunate to literally get to do what i wanted to do when i was 10 years old like skanking to ska music you know what, incredible, I mean? isn't it? what a journey <laughs> yeah i mean it was it's not like it just happened but uh i it kind of did in some ways like right place right time in a lot of ways and uh yeah, it's. I'm so excited for it to happen again because when we're out on tour, it's just everybody like kind of comes to life. We've all been doing it since we were like 16 or younger in some cases, and uh, it's like weirdly home, you know. And that's been taken COVID from is... you for nearly two years. So mm -hmm. you know, I, I've only just started going back to gigs now. Yeah, and 
you don't realize how much you just took it for granted. Oh yeah, this band's playing tonight. Should we go? Yeah, okay. And now it's like I'll do anything to see some bands play. Anything. I don't care who it is. I mean, I you know. If it's fucking course. Nickelback, do you know what? I'll go. Do you oh, know what? I would go. I would love some pyrotechnics. Come on. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go and see Nickelback. But you know, I love a show. I love a big spectacle. You know. Yeah, but it's um. It's interesting because now obviously the world is starting to slowly get back to normal and you're going to be busy, you're going to be doing gigging and recording. But when you're away from the music and, you know, every Instagram picture of you and every video is you playing bass, is there any time where you put the bass down, you switch off and you do other stuff? Is there other things that you get from life that aren't music? Because I know it's in your blood. I know you breathe it every day and I see it. I can see it when I talk to you. I see it on all your social media. But what is there to you apart from the music what do you love in life apart from this that has such a control and beast of you yeah it's a great question because i don't really post anything else on my instagram as you can tell um but man there's a lot that i love i mean um covid has taught me uh how to really like enjoy home and my space and so you know, I've picked up some hobbies along the way, uh, like some plants and some baking. Um, uh, but generally, I like love hiking. And I work out a lot. I like to box, not like people, but like no. a punching bag, you know, yeah. <laughs> like a kickboxing class. Like So the that physical is side the, of you. Yes, yes. Like that is the best thing I can do for my mental health. Um like every day you know it's like maintenance and it really is such a good release and just pushing my body in that way helps me um and then hiking connecting to nature is also very meditative and i i do spend a lot of time alone i recharge that way um but i also need the social interaction um and lately i've just been playing with a lot of artists so yeah it's kind of like um doing a rehearsal doing a show and then it's like be alone <laughs> so i'm trying to find that balance you know but honestly i love like it's so dorky and revealing but like legos are that's so good. that's awesome. cool all my friends i think at it's my pronounced age. lego yeah I think it's all, just lego all my friends properly. are massive lego fans and you'll see on Twitter, like, I've just got the Millennium Falcon and I've just got the new oh, Star Wars Lego. And I'm like, yes, that costs so much money. But I'm like, so if, I, if I could sneak that in the house and my girlfriend not find it, I would have it all, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a treat. It's like once a year kind of a yeah, thing, you know. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> I've always loved that. So it's like anything that I can, like, um, you know, repurpose, like a piece of furniture or yeah. paint it. Or, like, I'm always, like, doing projects with my hands, some sort of, like, something that I think is creative, you know. And do you think um, that's what you need to kind of keep your mind preoccupied? Because I've had a lot of guests on the mm -hmm. podcast and I don't ever shy away from mental health and I've suffered from depression and anxiety. I've had bad days like everyone, but I'm not, you know, I'm not shy and I'm not scared to admit it. I put my hands up and say, I suffer and have really bad days. Mm -hmm. And you've used music with Haley to come out of that dark place together. um, But also, that's not always going to be there because you're not always going to have Haley. You're not always going to be recording. So I found with the dogs going out for walks, it's the most, yeah. you know, incredible time being by the sea. There's something about the air when I'm near the sea, 
that just takes all the shit away from out of my life mm -hmm. and looking it sounds out over like, the ocean it, it sounds like you're yeah. the same you know that outdoors mm -hmm. connects with you and you you know the little things of lego or baking or just maintaining spider plants it sounds so lame yeah. but it's what i love it's what i it's enjoy, not lame it's you know. so good yeah yeah exactly it's like um it does take me outside of myself because there's such a racket going on in my brain yeah. most of the time. Um, like good and bad. It's just like busy. There's a lot of thoughts, a lot of too many, a lot of things bouncing around. So yeah, yeah anything yoga, any sort of like breathing exercises and like that stuff really keeps me going. And, I noticed the yeah. more you talk to people about it, more people are open and honest about it. More people are not afraid to say, do you know what? I'm the same. I find myself going on my own mm -hmm. for walks. I need to connect. I need to have some alone time. You know, yes. you don't want to be too busy that you burn out because you could probably make the same mistake where you fill your time all the time because you don't want to be alone with those thoughts. So you're always keeping yourself busy. I'll do this gig. I'll do that. I'll play this music. And sure. Some, sometimes you need to guilty. learn. Yeah. You need to say, Joey, stop, breathe. Yeah sit down have a cup of tea and just switch off yeah and like take care of yourself yeah and say no you know i've had to learn how to say no to things still learning that but i mean yeah honestly like take a bath yeah that's like amazing because i can't do anything else there's nothing else happening when i'm in there so yeah. put the like phone that. down yeah. do not sit and text uh, and be on instagram uh -huh. while you're in the bath let that be the time away yeah I do think it's like post COVID also like yeah. uh, that just stirred up a lot of anxiety for a lot of people and myself included, obviously, like, I don't know. Um, I'm still shedding whatever that is still processing that whole quarantine year, you know? And with the future for yourself, obviously you've been involved with co-writing with Haley. Do you feel you've got in your, mm -hmm your kind of heart and soul, your own album. I know you write and mm. you play and you always come up with ideas and they get incorporated into Paramore or to Haley or to other projects you've been involved or Half Noise. But is there something inside that wants you to complete your version of like a Petals for Armour for yourself? Is mm. that is that something you'd love to try and do when you're at that time where you feel it's the right time? yeah i mean thank you for phrasing it that way that's very nice um because i think about it a lot i definitely like put pressure on myself like why not you know but also i just don't think it's the time for me yet i don't think i'm like um emotionally ready for yeah. it to like to bear myself <laughs> you know to put myself out there um in that way lyrically speaking but i think i will be soon hopefully soon but i'm trying not to uh put too much pressure on myself uh, in that way but it is something i would like to do someday yeah um, i also see that you're you're obviously quite creative and i see there's the the imagery that goes with your stuff and the colors and the vibrance of all your stuff mm -hmm. that you post and i'm sure that inside you there's a, a director that wants to do a music video or there's Mm. a gallery of art or there's something inside i can just tell that i can see one day you're getting involved in the directing of a music video or a oh, short cool. film i can just see it i just see the you know you've just got this when i'm flicking through instagram your posts are so vibrant and so colorful and i'm always like oh that's joey you know when you just get that oh there oh. you go 
and i'm That's sure amazing. you've got Thanks. more i've got or maybe maybe it's not maybe it's an idea that isn't there but i feel like you've got something there that might be that mm. creative side to want to either through imagery or through video yeah something some there, sort of some ideas. yeah I mean, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's in there. It's like maybe not on the forefront of like my desires right now, but for sure. And maybe that's uh, me kind of suppressing that because I'm not certain that I'm capable of doing something like that. But you may have just planted a, a seed. <laughs> I want I want ten percent royalties that. from everything it's that you really do. Really nice. You got it. You got it, Mark. <laughs> Oh man! What, yeah, what, I don't know. Maybe someday. I think so. And you know, you see Zach getting involved in a lot more of the video yeah. stuff, and you know, he's done a he's great so job. He's so talented. Yeah, yeah. It must be hard not um, to be around that and not let it rub off on you. You must be like, oh god, give me a go. I want to hold the camera. Let me try. You know. Totally. I kind of like being uh, in front of. Uh, yeah, in front of. I'm like, is that the right way? In front of the camera. Yeah. I'm kind of down to be. Um, I don't know. Acting is always like, it's such a dumb thing to say, I realize, but it's always intrigued me. And I think, you know, maybe someday I'll take some acting classes or something. That's good. It's it's never too late to learn. And I was literally having this conversation with my girlfriend last night. I was saying, because I play guitar, I've been in bands, I've been on the radio, but nothing too, but you know, nothing that I can claim to fame, but I've always wanted to sing. I've always wanted to be the guy who can hold an yeah. acoustic guitar and just sing his heart out. And I've never got the confidence mm. and I just know I've not got the ability. But I said to myself, and I'm nearly 40, I thought, do you know what? Next year, I'm going to learn to sing. I'm going to go to singing lessons and just try and at least say I've given yes. it a go because it's in there and I want to do it. And I'm like, if you feel the same way, do it. You know what I mean? Have you done it or have you never? But, to do it? but we had this conversation last night, and I know what my girlfriend's oh, like. She will, night. she will probably say to me next week, "I've booked you a lesson." I'm like, "Oh fuck, I can't get out of it." Yes. So I, I've got to do oh, it. Oh, you gotta do it. You gotta yeah. do it. It would feel so good because I, I think once you kind of like do it the first time, kind of break the seal, yeah, then it gets easier, right? I mean, in theory, at least. But you even got to sing or swim. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you have a beautiful voice. Let's right, hear it. Just, Come on. Just, no way, not that. <laughs> but I need the confidence. But I, I listen to a lot of stuff yeah, and I'm yeah. finding myself listening to like Radiohead and singing along all the time cool. and stuff. And I'm like, I just want to be able to just do it for myself and have that confidence. But it's hard because, my mm. God, do you know what I mean? It's There's ways of expressing yourself and through vocals. Is, you've got to bloody believe in yourself. Yeah, that to me is the most vulnerable yeah. way to express myself. And it feels really good when when you can connect and and do it. But I think about it too much because it just feels so vulnerable, you know. What I ask everyone who comes on the podcast is, and it's a tricky one because your way into the industry and the the journey you went on is quite unique. But what advice do you give to anyone that's listening today that's a fan of your work that wants to be a musician that wants to be a bassist or successful through music because it's not easy is it it's not easy to make a living mm-hmm. what advice mm-hmm. do you give to those people to get their music heard and stand above everyone else mm-hmm. and try and be like yourself <clears throat> that people go to for advice that ask to go and do session work mm-hmm. what advice do you give to people that want to be like you and be part of something really successful Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I would say, like, first of all, like, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Um, 
like just be the best that you can. Um, and then the second tip I would say is like move, move somewhere where there's a music scene if there isn't one right around you. Because, I mean, I do think um, you can connect obviously in so many ways, TikTok, Instagram, it's all super helpful. But I've found that like being in person, meeting people, just it, music tends to um, bring everybody together. It tends to be like a really small world wherever you are. So it's pretty easy to hop in and like, um, and the other thing is just say yes to everything when you're starting out. Like that would be my tip. Just like play everywhere, every show you can, learn a million songs. Like why not? You know, it's all going to help your musicianship. And um, yeah, I think those are like pretty good starting places. And then I love it. Hopefully you find your voice throughout that or whatever it is you want to do, whether it's like producing or session work or writing. Yeah. Just try to be real and yourself because that's what people want, you know. And it's so transparent, isn't it? When people are they're just not genuine you're not doing it for the right reasons yeah. it's people, people don't realize tell. yeah it's the most transparent thing to be a member of the audience or in the crowd at a gig and someone's not wanting it they might think that they're pulling it off and no one realizes yeah. trust me yeah it's so so obvious yeah i would rather see some insecurity or just like yeah just somebody owning whatever it is they're feeling in that you know it's like it's we real, don't need anybody isn't it? to it's put real up these then. walls yeah yeah exactly exactly as someone who like i claim to like f i have faked it till i made it you know <laughs> yeah i feel like i i look back and i'm like man i i probably could have been a little cooler <laughs> like a little more relaxed and easy going along the way um i think you know people saw through that more than i thought they did it's interesting, to be a isn't it? Introspective, yeah. Yeah. It's really... But yeah. Those my final my question for you, Jerry, <laughs> and this is not an easy one. Um, you may have heard it because I know you've listened to a couple of episodes. But I ask every guest that comes on the podcast to choose the outro piece of music. Oh. Now it can be any song by any band or any music from any film score or just a piece of music that means a lot to you, but. I'm not going to let you email me in a few days. I'm not going to let you DM me. No, tonight. it's right now. It's what comes to your heart, head and soul as I ask the question. So this episode's okay. all done. It's all edited. It's all mixed. It's ready to go out. Before I hit that publish button, what's the outro piece of music that means so much to you that you think is the perfect song to sum you up? I'm going to just answer with the very first thing that came to mind. That's and it's a song, song called Echo Arms by mr twin sister wow i've never heard it and that's what i love because then i discover new bands and i'm like oh wow yes this is my i would say my favorite band they're out of brooklyn and i always kind of like i'm i'm sure i'm not the person who came up with this but i always say they're kind of like the present day sade wow um who is one of my sade yeah. is one of my favorites the, the greatest yeah great bass playing and um yeah so check them out there they just put out a new single i think and about to have a new record and this is 
just because I love them. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> They're it, so good. It brings new music to me and my listeners, and I then get tweets and Facebook comments like, "Oh man, I've just discovered this band," and it's it's amazing uh, because you know it's not cool. always the obvious choices. Some people pick like Queen and the Beatles, but when you pick something sure. new, I'm like, "Ah, oh, great! That's going to be me buying the album tonight on Amazon." <laughs> oh, cool! It's pretty groovy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I hope you like it. Amazing. Joey, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast, I think, for nearly three years. I reckon that's how long it's since we first met. I think it's been a I while. So. Yeah, and, and that is all my bad. Don't worry um, about it. It's always, thanks for being patient with me. It's worth the wait. Me. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And already I can tell that there's a follow-up. You know, I know oh, there's man. another let's one. Let's do it in person. Definitely. When you're over here, let's do it in person. We'll have a drink. And yeah. honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure and it's been totally worth the wait. So thank you so much for coming on. Man, thank you so much for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, I can't, can't wait to do it again soon. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the absolutely fantastic Joey Howard. A delight to have on and a guest that I've wanted for some time. And do you know what? The wait was worth it because he's been a dream guest for me and I loved him from the moment he came on until the interview finished and I believe we could talk for hours. The good news is when the world returns back to some sort of normality and he's over here in the UK, we're going to get together, we're going to sit down and follow up this interview with a face-to-face because he's someone that I know has so much more to say and I can't wait to do the follow-up as soon as we can. I want to say a massive thank you for Joey for coming on the show. Your time means absolutely everything to me. Your friendship is incredible and I love that we've kept in contact since we've recorded this interview a few months ago. And I can't wait to see where the future goes for you because you are so talented and you're such an incredible human being and deserve all the incredible attention and fame that will come your way. I want to say a massive thank you as well to everyone that's tuned in and listened to today. This interview has meant a lot to me and I hope it does to you guys at home too. If you love the podcast and you want to share it, that's all I ask. It costs absolutely nothing to do and it's literally the click of one button. All you have to do is go on markandme.com and there's links to my Facebook, my Twitter and my Instagram. On there you can share it across your network, share it across your friends, share it as a story on Instagram or retweet it. But it really does help get the word out there and bring a whole new audience to the podcast. And that costs you guys at home absolutely nothing. But if you really want to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon page. This is set up to help run the podcast. It allows me to host the podcast on all these different directories across the world. It gives me the chance to go out and record more and more interviews for you. And that doesn't come cheap. So every penny that goes in via my Patreon does support me. And thanks to the amazing guys at Last Exit to Nowhere and Vice Press, I have some amazing prizes, some incredible t-shirts and some awesome posters to give away to say thank you for supporting me and supporting this podcast. So please, if you can do that, the link is on markandme.com and it really does make a massive difference. I'm going to take about a week off now. It's been a hectic few months, but I will be back with an incredible episode to launch 2022. So I want to say a massive thank you to everyone that supported me this year. Next year is going to go on a whole new level. So until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all soon.